Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Fightful Faithful. Welcome to a special episode of Sour Graps. I'm your host, Alex Pulowski, and everything sucks-ish. I mean, uh, not not this episode. Um, this episode's about the Fire Funhouse match at WrestleMania, which did not suck. <laughs> it sucked the least amount of anything that's ever not sucked. It's did it was there was the absence of suck. This is a sweet grabs episode, except for the fact that I want to put into context where I'm coming from in my time at Fightful, uh, RE regarding Bray Wyatt, uh, and where he's coming from going into the fun ha- Firefly Funhouse match, uh, with John Cena. Um, so, um, I thought I'd give you all a little treat. Um, we're going to do a retro epic triggered rant from uh, 2017. I want to take it back three years ago. Um, gosh, we were so young then. Um, and uh, the, the world wasn't as much of a flaming pile of virus-covered shit. But... Um, the match in question, of course, is the uh, the match between uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, um, in which um, Randy Orton, if you remember, um, had like been brainwashed kind of into joining the Wyatt family. He won the Royal Rumble and then just, he, he swore he would not challenge Bray, who Bray, after the Royal Rumble, uh, Bray won the WWE title at Elimination Chamber. And um, uh, Randy said that he would not face uh, Bray at WrestleMania. He was going to abdicate the Royal Rumble victory. And then a few weeks later, he burned down Sister Abigail's house. Like, I guess, kind of. It was it was foggy. It was really bad creative. Um, and uh, so, so he turned on Bray in the most personal way possible. Uh, and so then uh, they had to have that match, you know. It was for the soul of... It was like a Sister Abigail's spirit on a pole match. Um, and uh, Bray lost. Uh, it was bad. It was a terrible match. It was, it was a really bad match. But it also, the biggest problem with it is that it, it it proved that Creative had no idea what they were doing with Bray Wyatt. And that if he was ever going to get out of this horrible funk, they had him hit in where he would, you know, use his magical powers uh, to to be spooky. And then nothing. He just, he just lose. Uh, so Bray Wyatt was going to have to be the guy to pull himself out of that. Um, and to show you just how fed up I was at the time with the 
shitty booking of one Bray Wyatt. I decided I would go take a walk down memory lane and show you a little, uh, about a four minute clip of me being furious three years ago last week. So, uh, bon appetit. Alex, your thoughts. One of the worst things ever at ever any WrestleMania <laughs> or any wrestling event ever. Listen, this is so, so terrible. Um, my God, it was so terrible. It was Bray, excruciating for was, 10 minutes. It was so, so, so bad. Every, uh, it was so bad. Listen, when the maggots showed up, the first one, I was like, what, what? What? Why? Why? What? What? What is? What is this power doing? Like, oh look, look, Randy Orton, he's so freaked out by this. And then he's again with worms, like <gasps> worms, not worms. <laughs> Don't use your dark magic powers on me, Bray Wyatt, and put worms in the ring. I'm scared of worms. Who thinks that? Who thinks that's a good idea? Who came up with this shit? It's awful. It's awful. And here's the thing. It's even worse because he pulled out all of his crazy, magical, Satanistic powers. And what did it get him? Another fucking loss. It's bullshit. You can't do this to this guy. It's like thing where he was kidnapping Kane and Undertaker last year. And then they, they he took them away. He and his buddies took them away, and they and they put them somewhere where they could easily escape because they showed up again with no fanfare and nothing. And then at one point he was conjuring lightning out of it, like for Undertaker's powers, and then that went away too. And it didn't. It, it led to him losing to the Kane and Undertaker. He just he. You can do a lot of things with this guy who's who's clinically insane enough to believe he is a god. And therefore has zero fear and cannot feel pain. And he he's, he will just keep coming at you with a sadistic smile on his face. That's something you can do. That's realistic. This thing, that he's a goddamn fucking necromancer who bathes in the ashes of his dead sister. I don't know what to do with that. That doesn't make any sense. It's completely bizarre. And you're ruining this guy because he has to go out there all week and give these interviews about how he thinks this is going to be the biggest match of the night and it's going to be so great. People are going to be talking about it. And I guarantee you, Bray Wyatt knows in his heart of hearts, this is going to be shit. And I got to go out there and do this dog shit. And I'm well, he, needs to say, he needs losing. to say something. He needs to say something because this happens all the time. And his superpower now is that he got a B minus in his high school audiovisual class. That's it. <laughs> That's his, his superpower. Now is that is that he gave the video guy the, the 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 guy who runs the light board? He slipped him a twenty and says, "Hey, when I do this thing, where I do the thing where I lean back on the turnbuckle, push play on this on the projector." Well, That's what he- Randy Orton is snick. It wasn't even That's just a lean back though. He gave himself a bump to the ring, a really hard bump to the ring just to get the maggot effect up. Maybe we're missing the whole point of this. Maybe the whole storyline of he went crazy, this is just him going crazy but a really lame version. There was so much potential in this storyline with Randy Orton like saying, I don't want to fight you. Um, I'm not going to do that. And then have have Luke Harper legitimately, because he did, win the Battle Royal to become number one contender. And then have Randy say, no, Bray, I'm going to be there with you. And I am going to look out for you. And then have, have Randy turn on Bray in the match tonight in the triple threat. That's a much better thing than having burned down a house for no fucking reason. Like, it just... Hey. Oh, God, it's so <laughs> bad. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Why well, let's, they, let's move on. Why didn't they put Harper in this? Let's move on. Let's move on. Fine. Let's move on for the love of God. Fine. Hello, welcome back. Um, so yeah, I guess I can clean up good. Um, uh, that was um, Mania Thirty Three, um, and I hope you can see uh, through that that <laughs> my epic triggered rants aren't necessarily. Uh, a new thing. It's something that um, that uh, I've done for a while. It's what got me this show. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, also I hope you can see that uh, I've been invested in this Bray Wyatt character for a while. 
Um, it's something that not just not just him, but creative shit in wrestling, smart shit, good shit, and the guys who consistently can deliver it or have the potential to, if they aren't being you know held down by the man. In this case, the man does not refer to like you know society as a whole, but like one exact what one particular man, uh, whose name is Vincent. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a rough time for Bray. Um, and, and now most, most of the Firefly Funhouse match itself, um, which I promise we will get into, um, deals with WrestleMania 30 and his loss to John Cena, but it is the beginning of the end for him because after he loses this match to Cena, which had been all built up for him to to come out on top, uh, then he has a program with The Undertaker from Mania 31, which we all know he's going to lose, because, obviously, but we also all know he's going to lose because The Undertaker had been booked to lose for the first time ever, have a streak broken at WrestleMania, at Mania 30 the year before, and there was no way they were going to have the rest, the Undertaker lose two WrestleManias in a row to, to begin a new streak, a losing streak at WrestleMania. But just think, if they hadn't, if if they had Taker beat Lesnar. Now, obviously, that was a whole thing, it was a completely different kind of thing. If you have that happen, then Lesnar's stratospheric rise never happens, never takes place. We don't have him squash Cena at at, at, at SummerSlam that same year. He doesn't have that amazing triple threat match with uh, Rollins and and Cena at the Rumble. Uh, he doesn't uh, have that match with Reigns. Uh, Rollins never has a reason to run in and 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 cash in money in the bank. And what 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 is undoubtedly one of the top WrestleMania moments ever? Seth's cash in at the Mania uh, WrestleMania 31. But there is an alternate universe in which they put. Both Brock, both Taker over Brock at Mania 30, and Wyatt over Taker, over, over Cena, excuse me, at WrestleMania 30, and then, I mean that's a stratus, that, that's a that's a huge. He's a megastar. He's a megastar. If you have Wyatt cause Cena to have a mental break and turn heel by attacking him with a chair at WrestleMania. If you if 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 Bray causes that, well then the world's his oyster. Like he's a he's a megastar forever. He's made, and then you can have him be the guy who beats Taker's streak at Mania Thirty One, and steals the Undertaker's spot. Now the Undertaker wasn't on his last legs. <laughs> Uh, his last run, his last ride, um, and um, but he only—I mean, I, I, I was going to say—he only had two more manias left in him at that point because honestly, Mania Thirty-Three that same night was the night that Taker probably should have retired. He left all of his shit in the ring, like his hat and his gloves and his coat, and left him in a little pile in the ring, and he walked halfway up the ramp and sunk down it with his hand thrown over his head and. And the night he lost Roman Reigns. Um, so you could have, you know, had him do two more manias as um, as biker taker after John after Bray stole his spoopy powers. Certainly could have done that, but instead, no. And thirty mania thirty two in Dallas, he was supposed to have a feud with Brock Lesnar. The reports say. But instead, Lesnar had that match with Ambrose, so maybe it's a good maybe it's a good thing that Bray didn't have that match with with Lesnar. But instead, he had a segment, not a match, a segment with The Rock, where The Rock called him fat. Hey, fat, you're a fatty, fat, fat, and that was I'm sure that was fun. That was that must have felt good. Must have felt good for for old Bray. Um, and then the, he didn't have the match. Rowan had the match with The Rock. And got 
got rock bottomed and, and lost in two seconds. And then Cena showed up too, just to, just to rub some salt in the wound. Uh, Mania three to thirty three was of course this match with Randy Orton, um, and Mania thirty four was him coming back from a long absence and helping Matt Hardy to win the um, the the battle uh, the battle royal, and then they became best friends and teammates, and they had all those great ideas. To hear Matt Hardy say it, to hear Matt Hardy tell the tale, they had all these great ideas about what to do, and then they were all shut down so then he went away Bray did and came back with The Fiend and they had a great build up all those amazing vignettes who is this Bray Wyatt is Mr. Rogers now what the hell and eventually it's it's come to known that he's just he's a vessel for The Fiend uh, which is a really cool creepy thing the first time you ever saw that mask I mean that was just my god the, the juxtaposition of Mr. Rogers character with this demon so so great, and then he had his first match. His first match. I did a whole thing uh, on Sour Graps, early Sour Graps, back in October, uh, which you can find. Which was a whole deep dive on the Fiend and how they built him, and then how they screwed him up. They screwed him up even in October. But the first time he ever came down the ring to have a match, remember that where they played his brand new theme? How creepy that thing was. Where it's a it's a, a retread of, of his old uh, catching flies in his mouth theme. But he comes down to the ring. And remember the first time... Do you remember the first time that you saw that the Fiend was carrying old Bray Wyatt's head, severed head, fashioned into a lantern? Do you remember that? Because I do. That was one of the best moments of wrestling in my life. Because it made me feel things again. I'm a cynic. I'm completely jaded. Uh, I, I... you know, this, this this is who I am when I'm watching wrestling. I want it to be great, but I know it won't be. And I wish I didn't I'd have those feelings. But that moment where they said, holy shit, he's carrying his head, his old character's head as a lantern. He killed his old character, hollowed out his skull, and is using it as a lantern. That's fucking cool. It's very rare that, that wrestling makes me say stuff like that anymore. So the world was his oyster. He squashed Finn. He changed him. Send him back to full sail. And then, you know, they sh- they hot-shotted him into a program with Seth for the title, which we all knew was a bad idea at the time. And then he ended up actually fighting the Hell in a Cell match, which was just awful. And then they they further ruined him by having him become... They ruined him by having him become the champion. Because of the way they did it. With the red lights and kicking out of all those finishers and um, then they had the, he had the programs with Daniel Bryan and The Miz and so, highs and lows but really not a lot of, not a lot of great so when when they have when they book him to get squashed by Goldberg of all fucking people that sounds off time uh, you could be forgiven for thinking that they're they're done with him and that any any great ideas he might have gone but a pandemic happens I say a pandemic happens because you know for a fact if if they if they were doing this thing regular like in front of 80,000 fans in Tampa there's no way they do a firefly funhouse match for the whole thing where everybody who's sitting there in the arena looks up at the jumbotron to watch this no they never do that. Their backs are against the wall and they figured out something to do that they could because they had to do something different. It would have just been, you know, collar and elbow tie-ups and rest holds and... There's no way we get this match, this thing, the Firefly Funhouse match, if there's a pandemic going if there isn't a pandemic going on. And also, as much as we all said, God, why would the hell would you have Goldberg beat him for the title? It ruins everything. You could have had Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, that grudge match, with the added thing of um, John Cena beating Bray would have meant that he would have beaten Flair's record and become the 17-time world champion. Like, if you have it for the 17-time world championship, there's no way it's a, it's a short film featuring puppets. It would actually have to be a real match. So, 
So with that, I guess it's actually good that they took the title off of Bray so we could get this thing, because otherwise you'd have, you wouldn't have this. Um, we'd have just, you know, collar and elbow tie-ups and rest holds and John Cena kicking out of a Sister Abigail and hitting him with one AA and winning. Instead, we have this. So thank you, Goldberg, for being an asshole and refusing to job to the guy in the mask because you thought the kids wouldn't believe it or whatever. And thank you, Bray, for being a good soldier and saying, yeah, sure, it's fine, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll lose to the 53-year-old guy who can't even get me up for a jackhammer. Yes, I will lose to him. That's fine. Whatever. Um, but if I do, can I wrestle John Cena? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they what, what they had planned at the time uh, after they, just after they, like when, when The Fiend came out in that weird segment and uh, Cena's like, I'm not going to wrestle WrestleMania this year because I believe in the future. And then Bray comes out, The Fiend comes out and points at the sign and Cena vigorously tips his cap. Um, at that moment, there's no way they had this planned. This was something they were backed into. And thank God they were. Um, so I'm going to do something a little different here because I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to forget anything. I'm going to go in and I'm going to watch uh, the match and you know, pause it when I need to, to just to talk about specific parts of it that are um, directly related to to the artfulness of this, because it really was. I mean, it's a brilliant idea. And first of all, I wanted—I do want to say to John Cena, props. Because this does not cast him in a good light. It takes a lot for a, for a man to recognize, oh, yeah, this is pointing out all the bad things about me, and I'm cool with that. That's, that's rough. That's rough. Um, that can be certainly very rough. So... Good on you, John Cena, for, for recognizing it. Now, I'm going to push play here on the network, WWE Network, and you can follow along if you're so inclined, but you won't hear it uh, coming out of my end, so. No copyright strikes. So John comes out, and he's doing his, you know, bah, 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 uh, and he does the Welcome to WrestleMania bit, right? He thinks he's coming out for a real match. Welcome to WrestleMania. There's nobody here. He's saying to the crowd, he's a little weird. He, uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get that little weird um spot where it's like um the they they show film of Vince Ma- Vince McMahon saying WrestleMania and uh and uh Gene Okerlund saying welcome to WrestleMania and it's all intercut with all these creepy things and it's all weird and grainy and the the film burns up uh and and then we get uh Firefly Funhouse and and Bray in the Firefly Funhouse um Speaking of the Firefly Funhouse, the thing that I hated the most about what they did with Bray back in the fall was that one night that they had um, Seth Rollins say, I'm going fiend hunting. And then he went and he found... He found it. He just found it. It was back there the whole time. I mean, come on. Is the, the Firefly Funhouse is just, is just a place? It's just a room in the back of every arena where you can just walk into the... There's no security. There's no... Nothing. It's just a set somebody built in a back room of the arena. That's it? That's it. No, it's got to be a place in Bray Wyatt's mind. It's got to be this, what we see... On at WrestleMania, that's what's inside the Firefly Funhouse. You can't just get there until he magics, unless he magics you there. Um, that's that's the only way I feel like you can actually do the Firefly Funhouse. But of course, you know, Seth Rollins had to find it so he could beat up Bray, so he could he could light it on fire because you know, burn it down. That's what Seth does. He burns things down. He's an arsonist. He's a pyromaniac, and that's why we love him. But just imagine. Just imagine if we never got that. We never were forced to see that. Um, the the reduction of the Firefly Funhouse, this amazing idea that it was into... It's just a room. There's a room anybody could find their way into. It's fine. Um, that's, not, that's not great. That's not great. Um, but 
if you if we had never seen it and this was the first time you ever saw it god it would, it would make it even that much better that we would have like just wondered how do you get to the funhouse where is it and here's where it is um but Bray does the, the the welcoming. He says this this place, the Firefly Funhouse, is a very uh, very important place where all of your darkest fears are brought to light, and it, you the the your, your the true self. Um, it's a place where all these demons and gods and angels and devils they all live together. They're all neighbors, um, and that's really cute. But it's interesting that that's what Bray believes the Firefly Funhouse is not a room where a bunch of puppeteers are there working their magic. Uh, it's not, you know, children's television workshop or whatever. Jim Henson did not come up with this shit. Um, it's all in his brain. And I like that a lot. But they, he's saying you're going to find, you, you're going to, um, come up against your worst opponent. Yourself. And so it's, it's, it's perfect. And of course then, um, uh, Bray leaves the door. And the door has a little kid's sign has been mocked up. Abandon all hope, all ye who exit here. Now, this is something I never even thought of before, but um, that's that's the same door he enters and exits from during every episode of the Firefly Funhouse. So the Firefly Funhouse, the actual little room with the with the flowers on top of the old TV and the, the window that Sister Abigail sits in and we're rambling rabbit hinds out and gets, you know, pulverized in a blender or whatever. That's the front-facing part of it. That's the facade. But behind that wall, through that door, that's where the real shit starts. Um, and that's really creepy. That that's where Bray lives. He lives in there. He comes and goes through that door, but he lives in that part of the Firefly Funhouse. And then, you know, as we said, um, John Cena is magicked in there and he's weirded out by it and Ramblin' Rabbit gives him a little speech. Ramblin' Rabbit, by the way. Okay. So the great Brandon Stroud who writes for Up Rocks is actually one of the reasons I started doing this because he and I, uh, the idea of, I wanted to get into wrestling critique, wrestling criticism, and that's where the idea came from, uh, was was reading his stuff at Up Rocks. Um, and... Uh, he he had a great uh, point of view on on the puppets. Obviously, with Sister Abigail, we know Sister Abigail is Mercy the Budger is is the old version of Bray Wyatt, the guy in the Hawaiian shirt who everyone said was based on Waylon Mercy. Um, and uh, Huskus the Pig Boy is Husky Harris, which is uh, a representation of Bray's uh, damaged psyche, remembering being that little fat kid that nobody liked. And how he just wanted everybody to like him, but he was just a little fat kid, and he remember this embarrassing remembrance of the of his horrible, awkward years. That's who Husky the Harris, Husky the Pig Boy, Huskus the Pig Boy is. But who's Ramblin' Rabbit? He never played a character like that. And um, Stroud's conceit is that it's his love of wrestling, and that's why. No matter what they do to Ramblin' Rabbit, put him in a blender, hit him with a mallet, chainsaw him, whatever you do with him. No matter what you do, you can't kill him. He keeps coming back. No matter what they do to Bray Wyatt, his love of wrestling never dies. And that's why he keeps coming back and trying to, to do this. Because you can't kill that part of him. That part of him on the inside It'll never die. I think that's a really, really great way of looking at it. So anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Cena's weirded out by the little uh, puppets and everything, and he he goes to the door and he winds up um, um, <laughs> uh, in this dark room where he is accosted by the Vince puppet, and somehow once uh, there's a first time for everything, right? I'm gonna give credit to Vince because. They came to him with his idea. We want to make a puppet out of you. It looks just like you, except it has devil horns. Um, and it eats money. It loves money. It says things like, that's good shit. Um, and uh, so we are, we are making fun of you. And Vince said, yeah, that's good. That's good shit. Um, that, that takes a lot because he was well within his rights and certainly would, you would even expect 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Expect him to say, nope, you're not doing that. I'm not letting that happen. No. You could do whatever you want, but keep me out of it. But he didn't. He signed off on it, so good for him. There's a lot of a lot of bosses out there who wouldn't do that, who do not have a sense of fear about themselves. But good for Vince that he does. Um, because uh, he shows up, starts poking scene in the chest. Do you have what it takes? Do you have enough ruthless aggression to be, to, you know, to, to be the guy who steps up? And if you don't, you're fired. It's good. And then we see Bray in the ring as Kurt Angle. Like it's intercut with all these black and white stuff, Kurt Angle. Um, and he's doing the same speech that gets Cena to come out and make his debut. And then Cena comes out past the fist, which they found in storage, which I did not know storage was was in uh, Orlando, but that's pretty awesome. And he's wearing his ruthless aggression attire, and he comes out, and, and then Bray asks the question: Do you what? What do you makes you think that you have what it takes to to hang with Bray Wyatt instead of saying Kurt Angle? And then Cena, who by the way looks as jacked as he did when he was you know eighteen years ago, whatever that was. But he he gets in the ring and, and ruthless aggression. He throws the punch like he did against Kurt Angle, except for this time Bray ducks. And I love that Bray says, "I didn't think it was going to be this easy." Whoever thought this was actually going to work is what he says. I got him. He's playing right into my hands. This is awesome. I love how Bray's excited about it. Like he's like, "This is really going to work. Fantastic! I can't believe I'm actually going to beat John Cena." He's laid out this perfect plan. This. Somebody said this on Twitter. I forget who it was. It was because it was a week ago. But he's. But they said this was it. This is that moment where Luke in Empire Strikes Back goes. It, like Yoda says, you have to go into that into that dark part of the of the Dagobah, whatever it is, because inside is, is is your greatest fears. And he sees Darth Vader and he fights Darth Vader and then he slices off Darth Vader's face and inside the helmet is Luke's face. Like, that's this scene. That's John Cena getting to figure all this out. And it's a perfectly set plan by Bray. And Bray's so excited that it's working. Because all all st- stupid, young John Cena can do is just yell Ruth's aggression and take wild swings at, at, at Bray. And, he's, and he says, you're actually reliving your one biggest failure right now. Now, they mean this thing where he, he beats... He loses to, to to Kurt Angle. Well, that's not his one biggest failure. No one expected him to, to, to beat, um, to lose, uh, to, to, to beat Kurt Angle. Um, his one biggest failure is the thing that Bray references next, where, where he swings again, and he ducks again, and he says, You can look, but you can't touch. Right? Nikki Bella's theme. His one biggest failure is that he said yes Vince okay fine I I don't didn't want to get married again but I will propose to my girlfriend in front of millions of people all over the world I'll get down one knee and I'll propose to my girlfriend Nikki Bella because because you want me to okay fine I mean I don't know if that's the reason but that's the reason I've always thought that it was going to be really great shit pal so they said yes would you consider doing it and because John is the ultimate couple man he says yes so he gets down one knee and he proposes Nikki Bella and she says yes because the whole thing's fucking staged but the relationship isn't staged the relationship is a real relationship and it falls apart because the, I think the engagement was probably based on some kind of not a lie really but whatever 
Um, and we always hear that Nikki Bella wanted kids and, and, and John didn't. So she broke up with him. She found somebody else. They're getting married now and she's pregnant. So yeah, it's a, it's a giant failure on, on Cena's part. Maybe the relationship was always doomed, but that weird, like there's got, there had to have been a conversation with like, why would you agree to propose to me in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania? If you weren't going to follow through with it and do all the things we talked about doing. And John is like, well, because Vince asked me to, I think that that must've, I, I believe there was something like that that happened. And so John recognizes that that was his greatest failure doing that. And not only as in the ring, like as, as a wrestler, but in life, and the fact that he agreed to let Bray bring it up in even in an in an oblique manner means something that he's able to to, to see that side of him. It's great. It's great. Um, but of course, you know WrestleMania thirty three is when it happened. And where did we talk about earlier today? WrestleMania thirty three is where Bray put projector worms in the ring. And thought that was going to be enough to beat Randy Orton. I mean, he didn't. But they thought that he would think that. And that's one of his greatest failures. Same, they had the same great failure on the same night. In the same place. So. After this. Um, he just keeps swinging. Keeps missing. And eventually. Um, he chases... He chases um, Bray out of the out of the ring, and then we cut to uh, Vince Puppet and Mercy Puppet as Randy Savage, and they do Saturday Night's Main Event, and so it's the '80s, and this is the thing: the what what John used to be called the prototype, right? What the prototype for what? For being a wrestler, he was supposed to be the next perfect thing that Vince could use and mold and and just be whatever he wanted him to be. And who's the model for that originally? Hulk Hogan. So we do this this scene where we, where we have, you know, um, we call some Johnny Large Meat and that's the thing is that back in the 80s all you needed to be was just big. Big. Big, muscly, didn't have to be good. Wrestling, you didn't, you weren't supposed to be good at wrestling. You, you do the move that everybody expects. You play to the crowd. Everybody goes home happy. That's it. That's, that's, that's Hulk Hogan to a T. Big boot, leg drop, pose. Everybody goes home. Everybody loved Hogan. And so John Cena, I think for a while, probably believed he needed to be that. So this is the, what this scene is. And I've, but it's what I love. Is it, is it, is it, it gets very, very... What I love about it is that it's so wacky and weird and trippy. It's like a freaking acid trip. I love it. But, um, like, what he's doing the, the curls as fast as possible, that's really great. And, 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 <laughs> and, and why it's just looking at, like, oh my God, it's so, yeah. Um, but then he stops doing the pumps and he tries to take another swing at Wyatt, but he can't move his arms because he's blown out. And that's great. But um, then Wyatt um, channels Hulk Hogan, says, what you gonna do, brother, when when you realize that egomania has been running wild on you? And that's this is the where we get into the thing. Like, John Cena recognizing that, oh, crap. Maybe I maybe I've been wrong about who I am and how I fit into the world. So then we get into th- you know word life, the Doctor Thugonomics, and uh, he's he still looks great in that stupid getup, man. He does. It looks it, it somehow looks good on him. The oversized baseball jersey, uh, the the padlock on a chain, the backwards cap, big old wristbands, those rings, and he comes down to the ring, and 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 John Cena. Uh, kind of recognizes the game at this point he says oh i can only talk in rhyme right oh Uh, well the audience is in mind they're excited they just went from six to midnight and then there's silence because it's an empty arena but they play one child giggling now the implication of that i love because this this guy's ostensibly he's a character for kids 
right? That, that, not, not this character, not Dr. Thugonomics, but John Cena always was loved by kids or whatever. And, but kids still loved Dr. Thugonomics, even though they didn't understand, because the kids doesn't understand that Six to Midnight is a dick joke. They don't understand that. They don't understand what Six to Midnight would be. But kids loved him because the adults loved him. Um, and they didn't recognize that Cena was being really hurtful, just like the schoolyard bullies that they hate because they didn't understand the implications of what he was saying. They just saw all the adults thinking he was cool and was like, well, then I have to think he's cool too, not realizing that they were like, yes, bullying is great until they were not six anymore, but 12. And being like, yeah, bullying is cool. I should bully people. And then they're 18 and they're like, I mean, just it, it's a it's a weird implication when you when you have kids grow up on Vince McMahon's ideal of who heroes are, who they turn into as they get to be older is not great people. They turn into this. They turn into Doctor Thugonomics, not literally, but somebody who, as Bray says, you you just. Um, you just make fun of people. Like, he, 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 he makes fun of his weight. He says, you know, I'm like Husky Heritage. That, that's a weight that I can manage. Um, and, and, and Bray stands there just sitting there taking it. Just taking it. And, and he's talking like, um, um, He's talking about how uh, he he is a slut for opportunity. He he blows it every chance, right? But of course, Bray turns that around on him and says, "I don't know what you're doing, John. You talk about opportunity. How dare you talk to me about opportunity? You've been given everything. I've had to work for everything in my life, and still they're taking from me." Just like they took, they had Goldberg take the title from him. I've worked my ass off to get back to this point. I built this character from scratch. I took the ashes of what I was before that, that they burned up and scattered to the winds and said, fuck that, it doesn't work anymore. You're on your own. And Bray said, fine, I'll take whatever I can patch up from that. I'm going to build something brand new. It's going to be the biggest thing in wrestling. And it was. And then they still fucked it up. He's had everything he's ever had, he's had to fight for. Unlike John, who is given opportunity after opportunity and over and over and over again. But I love the music they put under Bray's um, accusatory stuff to, to, to John. You're the golden goose, John. Chances are unlimited. You're untouchable. You're not a hero. You're a horrible person. You 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 take people's weaknesses. You turn them into jokes. You're a bully. You're not a nice guy. I want you to see that about yourself. And if you could recognize that about yourself, maybe you can change. That's basically what he's saying. So this is your last chance to see that, to recognize it, and make a change. Do you want to make a change, John? It's your last chance. The floor is yours. And of course, what I love about this is that John takes a second sees it, recognizes it, and then makes a conscious decision not to change. Everything that I've ever been has always worked for me, so why would I change? So he attacks uh, Bray. Makes a D's nuts joke and attacks Bray, and Bray, because it's his world, he's magic here. He disappears out of his way, uh, teleports to behind him. He has somehow, during the teleporting, removed the padlock chain from around John's neck. Now it's wrapped around Bray's fist. One punch knocks him out. Um, but there's this wonderful moment where, where John recognizes what this is what about it, is, and he makes a decision to not do it. And so then he starts back in with, you in the doctor's house! And they come across to Bray. And Bray's sitting there waiting wondering is this it if i gotten to him and as soon as john starts in with the, with the doctor's house thing he looks up 
and his eyes are very shaded. Like you, there's the twitch where like now I got him, I gave him a shot, and now I get to kill him. And that's there's something the fiend lives in Bray Wyatt, and in that moment. When Bray looks up at John, when John decides not to make a change, you can see the fiend in Bray's Bray's eyes. Bray is an amazing actor, an amazing actor. I, I'm 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 kind of shocked they haven't done anything with him as far as that goes, like putting him in a, in a movie or whatever. But um, he could easily play. He could he could whole do a whole. You could have done a series of movies of making the Wyatt family into a bunch of killers that everyone tries to find in the swamps of Louisiana or whatever. But now, speaking of the Wyatt family swamps of Louisiana, you get a little shot of old Bray back in that little shack where he used to do all the promos. He's he's wearing the hat and the shirt and the white pants. He's the Max Cady character from from Cape Fear. It's a perfect representation of what this old guy was and he's talking in the same way he used to. Talking about how Sister Abigail um, um, was was told gave me a prophecy I was supposed to fulfill. I had the whole world in my hands. There's a point where he says I was a, a splash of of red in a world of black and white, black and white, um, and that's perfect because later on in the NWO segment he wears NWO red and John wears NWO black and white. So I just thought that was a cute little touch. But there I had the whole world in my hands, and. Uh, Sister Abigail told me this was all going to it was all going to work. This was it was it was all set up. This they showed the film, and you really can tell. Like it's just, um, I, I was I was supposed to win. Everybody knew Bray was supposed to win. That's good storytelling to build this new, brilliant. Like they they were starved for a brand new, really cool heel. Young, he was like twenty five at the time. Who knows how far he could have gone. But now I got a Cena wins LOL. But if you watch the film, man, the crowd wanted Bray to win. They needed Bray to win. As he says right here, he says, they wanted me. They needed me. You were supposed to be a man of the people, John. The people loved you, but they loved me more, but you wouldn't give it to them. You wouldn't do the thing they wanted you to do. You got another chance. It's just the way that it's all put together is so ominous. It's it's so good. They have they show they show Bray conducting the crowd, whole world in his hands, and 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 John, if 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 he could have gotten John to snap and hit him with that chair, then he would have won. But you can't win. Got to lose. Casino wins. LOL. Um, but yeah, it's the grandest failure because because John wouldn't let him, wouldn't let him win. I've been hurting so long. I can't remember what it's like to feel. These are really good things. Now now it's time to to rewrite my own story, and then now we're back in the ring. He's wearing that get up. He gets out of the rocking rocking chair. He attacks uh, John. Does he puts him in Sister Abigail? Does a little that little dance version of it. Um, and then the same way it happened at WrestleMania 30. He's about to do Sister Abigail, but Cena just stands up out of it. Um, and then they go, "Oh no, you, you can't hit the AA on me now. It's not gonna. That's not gonna be enough to finish. Not now. So." How about you take the chair and you do the thing you're supposed you're supposed to have done six years ago, and br- six years ago, you, m- you made the wrong choice, cowboy. It's brilliant, love it. Finish me. Fic- they 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 keep cu- cutting back from Bray six years ago. Finish me to Bray now. Fix it. Finish me. Fix it. Finish me. Fix it. God, it's so good. And then this Cena, this John Cena. He snaps, and he, he he swings. He tries to murder Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt disappears. And now he's really got him. 
Um, and we cut to Monday Nitro, which seems like it's out of the blue. Like, who knows what the hell this is? But then you recognize, if John Cena had turned heel, it would be the biggest, most important heel turn since Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. So there, there, had, to, there had to have been a, a guy like an Eric Bischoff, Bray Wyatt here, who says, oh man, I want to introduce to you the coolest dude who ever worked in the wrestling business. John Cena, Hulk Hogan. And then John Cena comes out and the NWO and he's got the belt with the NWO spray painted on it. Playing it like a guitar, doing a Kyle O'Reilly. And uh, the Too Sweet and everything. But, well, this is the point, this is the point where the when puppet Vince says, that's such good shit. The puppet said the thing, you guys. The puppet said the thing. How can you not love this? But then, John Cena snaps and decides to attack Bray again. But Bray lets him. Bray doesn't, doesn't, Bray doesn't, uh, teleport away. And as, as, uh, Cena is raining down punches all over Bray Wyatt. We see intercut with film of the NWO. We see all of John Cena's greatest failures. Losing to The Miz. Um, when when, when uh, uh, Randy Orton won the unification title. Uh, he had to put over Roman Reigns uh, a couple years ago. That was a big thing. Um, what else? Uh, there's just there's all these little intercuts. That, oh, if Cena wins, re-riot. That, that thing from the Van Damme match. Oh, oh that time where he... Uh, he uh, he lost at Mania of the Rock and like moped up on the ramp for a while. Uh, him getting beat to hell by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Um, um, the one where he lost AJ Styles and left his wristband in in the ring. Um, and then remember AJ Styles wore that around as a headband for a couple of weeks. Um, uh, and then of course the very best one is the shot of. Cena climbing over the barricade to leave with the title and blowing a kiss to Vince. If if Punk and Cena have one last match each, I want it to be against each other. Just 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 because, just have have them start the the, the build the the Monday after uh, Royal Rumble and continue it all the way to WrestleMania and have have them have one last match against each other. That's what I want. Those those promos would be fire. Well, we can't, because John Cena's dead now. Because the Fiend killed him. Or at least made him wink out of existence. But, here's the thing. He's lost it. He's he's punching everybody, ruining... He's, he's been punching everybody. He's he's beating up Bray Wyatt. Um, and then he realizes it's not Bray Wyatt, because now it's Huskus the Pig Boy. It's a puppet. It's a pig puppet. It's this... He's... John Cena stops himself from beating up a stuffed puppet. A pig puppet looks at his hands like, what have I done? John Cena has realized his own crippling hubris while beating up a stuffed pig. But it's not just any stuffed pig. It's Huskus the pig boy, who is Husky Harris, who was in the Nexus. Who John Cena buried all by himself. So the idea that John now would say, I'm in for the future. Well, you had a shot to put over the future 10 years ago and you didn't John maybe if you had things would be a little different around here but nobody who was in the Nexus that version not not Daniel Bryan but nobody who was in the Nexus at the time could get a bump from that because John Cena wouldn't put him over who knows how many of those guys would be huge stars right now if, if they had gotten that initial boost that from that lift from John Cena putting him over. Who knows? We, we may never know. Yeah. That moment when John Cena realizes who he is when beating to death the Nexus. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And of course now the Fiend has him where he wants him. The Fiend sneaks up behind him. Uh, Mandible Claw... Gets him in place for the sister Abigail. Then we actually hear John Cena's words: "This WrestleMania, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna end forever. The most overhyped, overprivileged, uh, 
um, whatever, uh, over, um, over overprivileged, the guy who got all the chances. Yeah, um, we're going to end that guy. But that guy, as we hear, is... Yes. Ending the sense of overhyped, overvalued, overprivileged, um, super, 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 super in existence. And yes, now we have. We have ended that person. And that person is not Bray Wyatt. That person is John Cena, who gets Sister Abigail, then Mandible Clawed, and his shoulders go to flat on the mat. And uh, he is counted out by Bray Wyatt as the fiend pins John Cena. And then John, uh, the Bray Wyatt looks at the camera after having counted the pinfall and cackles. And the fiend stands up, holds out his arms, and John Cena disappears into the Phantom Zone, where he's been tweeting from all week. I don't know what the plans are for John Cena from here on out, but... If that was his last match, he has tweeted something out like, um, if it is the last time, always leave him guessing. That's great, man. I don't think it's the last time, but it should be. That'd be the greatest way ever for him to recognize who John Cena's been this whole time. And in that moment, know he's got to go out. Brilliant. Utterly brilliant. Now... We wondered at the time, who? what are we getting now for The Fiend? And it looks like we're getting Braun Strowman for The Fiend, which I, I would be... I'm, I am in against, because I don't want The Fiend near the title ever again. It makes sense that Bray Wyatt would want it back since he had a job to Goldberg to lose it, but the title just doesn't, make, just doesn't work for The Fiend. Because then you're just wait, waiting for The Fiend to lose again, and that's not right. The Fiend should only be doing this kind of stuff. He shouldn't be having matches. Maybe Bray Wyatt could have matches, but not The Fiend. The Fiend should only do this kind of stuff. The Fiend only appears when you let him in or when he asks you to come in and you accept the challenge. But the promo we got between Bray and Braun was really great. The, uh, the Braun knowing full well who Bray is and what he's capable of and still being like, I gotcha. I'm good. Yeah, sure. I'll let you in. That's fine. But you can tell Braun's not super confident about it. And and Bray being like, um, well, see, I brought you into this world. So I'm going to have to be the one to take you out. The way he said that gave me chills. He's a really great actor. So we'll see what happens with, with Bray and Braun. But man, I'm I'm in love with The Fiend again, you guys. That that may change in as early as a couple of weeks when they start ruining him again. But for now, that I, I can't think of a better of a big a better piece of art that WWE has ever pr- pr- produced than this. Yeah, I'm 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 in awe of it. I hope you enjoyed our little watch along uh, of the Fiend uh, match, uh, the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, I'm doing another thing. Uh, like this with the Big Show show. It's going to be released uh, next week. So it's different. It's not art. Um, but yeah, I hope you uh, liked it. This has been um, Sour Graps, a special edition of Sour Graps. Sweet Graps, because I love this so much. Uh, I hope you like our retro uh, epic triggered rant. If you like that enough, maybe I'll have to go out and, and find other ones to uh, to re-release. Um but I have been uh, your host, Alex Pulaski. Uh, I love you all. Fightful, faithful. Stay safe out there. Thank you so much. Um, and I mean, not not this, but usually, usually, everything sucks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.